Engage quantum drive. Hey now, and welcome to Quantum Drive. I'm Rob. I'm Katie. And our ongoing mission is to discuss every episode of The Orville. Today, however, we have something incredibly special. Rob and I were invited to the press junket for season three of The Orville New Horizons, and we got to interview some of the crew and the majority of the cast. So what you're going to be hearing in this episode are all of those interviews. Let's get started with our first one. Here's Adrian Palicki and Penny Johnson-Gerald, or as you might know them, Kelly Grayson and Dr. Claire Finn. So the two of you each have very deep histories in fantasy and sci-fi television. Was that something that you each sought out or did those opportunities seem to find their way to you? <laughs> I, I never say, sought it out. <laughs> I never, I didn't either. But it is true, like once you're in that camp, which is a very important camp to be in because it's so fan-based and fan-related that it's an honor to continue to be thrust into these fun roles that are fantasy. I agree. I was trying to stay very far away from it. And then Star Trek came and my husband said, yeah, you're going to go and you're going to meet them. And I thought, I'm not doing that. And then, yeah. So um, I love the fact, I love science fiction. They're the best fans in the world. I must say that. Sorry, Castle fans, but sci-fi fans are just the best, truly the best. They can be both, Penny. It's fine. They can be (laughs) I have to say that you both play very strong, inspiring female characters on the show. And I really appreciate that. And I was wondering if there's any inspirations that you draw from for Kelly and Claire or what kind of impact you hope they'll leave on people. I think that's, I mean, Thank you for saying that, Katie, but I think that's the impact. You know what I mean? You want people to walk away from the show and say, look at these two or many strong female characters on the show. And I want to be like that person, or I can be like that person. I can be a doctor. I can be a commander. I can do these things and I can do it empowered and be kind and just rock ultimately. (laughs) I believe that that is the takeaway, the strength of the women and the different I can be a woman who doesn't have to be married to be empowered. I can be a single mother who who can do it. I can be a woman who's of another species, who's different, and I can do it. And so I think the strength in knowing that how different you are just makes you that much more beautiful. So I definitely hope the young and the old, the big and the small, the black and the white and all those in between We'll take that from the Orville. Penny, you mentioned before how great the sci-fi fan base is. Have either of you had any particularly memorable experiences with the fans of the Orville? Well, a lot online. I think it's a lot online on social media because I haven't done any of the, well, except the conventions that we've done. Which, by the way, we have many impassioned fans, which I love. You know what I mean? They get a little, a couple got really, really verklempt when they got to spend time with us, which is wonderful because, you know, you're making an impact on these people's lives and that they love you. And again, and they draw you. Oh, my gosh. The artists, the fan base, the artwork is incredible. So many beautiful artists out there. 
Yes. Obviously, at the end of season two, there was this big reveal with Isaac and the Kalons, and Claire and Isaac's relationship played a big part in that. So I wanted to know, going into season three, how is Claire feeling about that relationship with Isaac? Or can you give us a little inkling of where that might be headed? How does any woman feel when she is totally betrayed by someone that she's given her very best to, which is herself? And then she's brought him into the fold with her kids, thinking that, you know, he could be this great role model for her kids. And then it's total betrayal. So I think conflicted and I think um, hurt. And I think there's anger there. But I think under that, what she felt for him, she thought was very real. So it's confusing. So that whole arc will play itself out. And it'll be very interesting, you know, how we land with that. But a lot of Claire's past will come into play and um, put everything into perspective. Well, thank you so much for your time. And it was an absolute pleasure to meet you both today. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. Next up, Scott Grimes and Jay Lee, the Orville's Gordon Malloy and John Lamar. So the two of you became fast friends on the show, as we saw, Mm -hmm. and clearly have a very strong chemistry. Was that something that came naturally with you or did that take a little bit of work? Jay? (laughs) Totally naturally. Yeah, I knew knew Scott beforehand. We were already pals. We were already buddies. We uh, did our test audition together and I I couldn't have asked for a better sort of buddy to do it with. Seth is really good at or it was anyway, in in Orville, figuring out, okay, I'm going to put these two guys that are already friends together because that means from day one, you're going to see that on screen. You're going to see that comfortableness and just two friends that know how to hang out. And that's, like Jay Lee said, we tested together and just it was right there on screen. So you get that out of the way. I was just wondering if uh, we're going to see a different side of Gordon and Lamar in the new season and if there's any surprises we can suspect. Oh, what a loaded question. I know. (laughs) It was a good one. Are you talking about nudity? What's Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I did sign. I did have to sign a nudity waiver. You did. You did. This didn't season. You show, didn't you? I show, did. You might show your bum. I don't Twice. know. I'm only saying that. I don't know. I don't I, remember if they got the bum or not. I was in character, but gotcha. I, get I did have to sign a nudity waiver. Does yes. that mean extra working out once you sign the nudity waiver? Or Oh, listen, all to all the young actors, old actors, doesn't matter. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready because they just sprung that thing on me. I got in my trailer and it was a waiver I had to sign. I'm like, oh, oh right. got to take the shirt off. So you got to stay ready. Yeah, I did not stay ready. <laughs> but yeah, I do think there are some there are some uh, interesting layers that we still get to find, especially with Gordon. You got some really dope stuff this season. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about and we you know, we stay like I like, like I said earlier, John Lamar and Gordon will always be. We confide in each other. I'm always going to him for advice. So that's going to be here a lot in, in season three. But we you know, we're growing as characters and maturing in the episodes. So, yes, yeah. it is a different dynamic. I would say. And the, and the last part, no, there's nothing else we can tell you. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Jay, one of the biggest things we learned about Lamar in season one was how much of his intelligence he was hiding. Mm-hmm. Was that a twist that you knew from the beginning? And if it wasn't, did that reveal alter the way that you portrayed the character at all? That's a great question. I did not know at the beginning, which is interesting because I made some choices as an actor that I'm actually, it, it worked out. There are some things that I did that I don't know if I would have okay. done had I known, but I'm kind of glad, right? Because it started off Gordon and John are pretty silly and kind of goofy. But I think moving forward, once we see how smart he is and he takes that position, he does take his job seriously. So, you know, he's still silly and has fun with Gordon and, and other crew members, but 
at the end of the day, he does take what he does pretty seriously. So uh, it did shift a little bit how John is played, but also John, and I've said this season one, he's always watching and he's always sort of observing anyway. So it was a somewhat easy transition, even though it was sort of a surprise. I'm curious because you're both very talented musicians. Scott, you're a singer songwriter and Jay, you do piano and have an education in music. Were there any jam sessions on set ever or collaborations? Yeah, music was all over the place between that because Jay Lee is like phenomenal musician. Yeah, there's a game that we play that Jay Lee probably hates. Like we play the uh, movie (laughs) movie theme. Like Seth will just walk around and he'll have a movie theme on his phone and see if you can guess it. Lots of music on the set. And they're not easy. They're not easy. Sorry, they're not easy. No, it's not just they're not like no, it's like no, it's it's some obscure 60s. So there, yeah, there's a lot because you know. McFarlane is very uh, musical as well. Amazing singer. So, yeah, we had a very musical. Wait, you were going to do something. What were you, Remember that thing that you talked What were you going to do? Oh, I can do the tango. Yeah. So tell yeah. them what that is. There's I know a little something. It's four. This is, it's so corny, but three. yeah, it's four against three. So one, let's say I have a meter. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And you have uh, triplets, right? One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. So the way they taught us how to do four against three in music school was I can do the tango. And it's I can do the oh, tango. Nice. I can do the well, this tango. Is the, this is the One, stuff on two, set. Three, when you're four, sitting there waiting one, for two, all the three, cameras <laughs> to be ready. This is what him and I yeah. would do at the front of the bridge or wherever. All the time. Just, just Yeah. So all that money I spent for school, that's what I got from it. Sounds like awesome. it was worth it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah, it's an you. absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much you for your time. You guys are today. awesome. Thank you for yeah. following the show and having us on. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. Thank so you. much. Here's Jessica Zor and Ann Winters, Tala Kiali, and the new character, Charlie Burke. Both of you joined the show while it was already in progress. How was your experience integrating into a cast that was so familiar with each other already? And Jessica, did you have any words of advice for Anne since you went through that process already? It was when I came on, everyone was very yeah, welcome. Big sister, by the way, I was just going to say, I always like to start that off. You definitely took me in as like a little bit of a big sister. So that was nice. Aww. <laughs> well, she came in like ready to play, brought her a game, was super professional, sweet. And everyone was so excited to see who was going to be playing Charlie because it was such a big storyline for season three. So many people I knew were like trying to get that role, audition for it, like get in front of the producers. So I was excited just to see who was going to get it. And then when it was her, we were all excited to have her join the cast. But for me, everyone was welcoming and awesome. I knew Adrian for years. So I knew her for a little bit and Seth for a little bit. So maybe that's also why I felt comfortable. But everyone was just super nice. I think this set and because Seth, just the way his brain works and the, the writing's so good and it's such a good work environment. I really think everyone, it's just like a positive, fun day to like every day at work. Like some days I'd like pinch myself. I'm like, am I an alien sitting on a spaceship and I'm getting paid to do this with like really amazing dope like world and land. And once you enter, even our stages are incredible. So it feels like you really are in that time. Like our, our sets are massive. So it feels like you're really in space on that ship and also the special effects and everything. And yeah, seeing Tala in her alien makeup, it feels like you're there. But it was fun. I I personally think that everyone was very welcoming. It didn't really feel as intimidating as I would think it would be coming on to a show that was two seasons already in. Because once I got there, I felt like I was right at home and everybody was great to work with. 
I'm curious, since this is the first season we get to meet and since Charlie Burke, is there anything you can tell us about her or what we can expect to see from her this season? You're definitely going to see her coming in hot with a point of view and um, having this massive hate towards Isaac because he's the Kalon on the ship and you're leaving season two after the battle. So she is the only survivor from her other ship and she comes onto this new one with a massive hatred towards him. So I'm excited for the audience to see that entire arc with her and Isaac and the crew. And how did you first hear about the role of Charlie and what was that audition process like? I got an audition. I went in. I thought it was really fun. Like some of my scenes were from episode one, actually. And I thought that they were very, very nuanced and very like specific and something I've never really played before. So I was very excited about it. I auditioned and then I had a meeting. I never forget. I I went and met with Seth before I booked it at his office. And I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. But then, yeah, once I got booked on the show and then I went there, it was like, okay, I'm here. And I was just excited to be there, really. Jessica, how long does it take to get into your makeup for the show? It's like two and a half hours, two and a half to three hours, I'd say. We definitely got it down to like the second because we had to after making sure that because my call times would be super early too. like I'd be getting up sometimes at like four in the morning to get to work by 530. But yeah, like two and a half hours and everything from my eyes up. So the forehead, the eye lashes, brows, wig was fake. So it it was a lot and like crazy. And I would fall asleep almost every morning in the chair. It was like very relaxing to me. (laughs) And then I I would go to sleep as Jessica and wake up as, as Tala. It was like wild. That's like, so if you're, yeah, if you're sleeping, can they just, they just work on you and you don't wake up? I don't know how you sleep. Not, I don't make fun of me. They would make fun of me. They'd come in and be like, is she kidding? Like, and I would, and I'm talking like out, like I'd be like dreaming sometimes. I'm like, sometimes I was like a little worried. Like, I'm like, I hope I wasn't like drooling. Like, do I need a paper towel? (laughs) But also like too, when we came back after the pandemic, I was a new mom. So I was like not sleeping, being a mom, then having these 12, 15 hour days, breastfeeding in between scenes. There was a lot. So like if I had a chance to sleep, I was sleeping. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, ah, (laughs) that's impressive. Well, it was an absolute pleasure to meet both of you. Thank you so much for your time and can't wait for season three. I can't wait to to come on or to listen to the podcast. You guys, season three is so amazing. You guys are going to have a great time going on this journey with us. The storylines, the writing, introducing her character. Like it is awesome. I'm so excited for you guys and everyone. And coming in hot, we have Peter Macon, Chad L. Coleman, and Mark Jackson, Bordas, Clyden, and Isaac. Question from Mark. Isaac's suit got an upgrade for season three though it looks like it limits your movement a little more. How does this one compare to the prior one that you wore? Yeah, it's had a big upgrade, along with the ship and everything else. Yeah. Um, it looks, I think, a hell of a lot better. Slightly gym jams, I thought, season one <laughs> and two, uh, although no one's saying it. But, you know, yes, it's restrictive in certain ways, but the team are amazing. Like, we work really closely together on getting it right It's a fine balance, I think, for the three of us, really, because it's a constant fight between style and comfort. And with these kind of shows, style tends to win. And it does sort of tend to win on this show as well. But Mm. the team are very good at giving us as much comfort as they can without jeopardizing the look. I'm curious for Peter and Chad, how long does it take to get into the Mocklin makeup? Well, it started out at... An hour and ten. Peter, Peter, (laughs) 
we just go a little bit different timetable with with Tammy. We both have our own, and you know, Howard Berger does mine, and Tammy does Peter. So, well, know. it started out at like four hours when they were first Put figuring it out. Like, you know, with the so it's not just like the fitting and the construction of the prosthetics and the foam rubber. But how, you know, like in learning, me learning how to help them put it on. So getting the glue. So flaring my nostrils at the right point when they tack down this part and have it set. So like later on, it stays because if you don't do that one little quick thing, it, it comes loose. And so they're going to be chasing that around all day and having someone come up in your face to try to tack your nostril down. But just so I'm learning how to help them apply the makeup. And so we both learned it together. And by the time, you know, all said and done. I was 90 minutes in, 45 minutes out. So you're still like first in, last out, you know, still get there like two hours before everybody else and leave. And everyone's like, hey, we're going out for drinks. I'm like, well, by the time I get out, you're going to be done. So like, um, <laughs> but no, but no, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was kind of the, the drill, but they did really get it down to like a specific and consistent every day, like, cause they have to glue it and paint it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, you're just making a sculpture the same sculpture every day, every day, every day, which is a feat in and of itself. So, I mean, that hats off to KMB, Howard Berger and Tammy Lane. And, but um, just three pieces, the cowl that you pull over and then the eyes and nose go plant like a Batman-like deal and then the chin and then you spray. It's just getting that tone, you know, getting the tone even and right on that. And like Peter's saying, the tack down stuff, which throughout the day, you know, you have to do maintenance on it. but it's amazing how much it holds up because mm-hmm. when it comes to taking it off at night, trust <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> me, it's, it's well at work. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to pull it off. No, you're <laughs> coming off with it. You're uh, coming off with it for sure. Another for Peter and Chad. Fortunately for sci-fi fans, the genre tends to be more progressive than most in human mm-hmm. terms, at least. And Bordis and Clyden's marriage fits that mold. Have any fans reached out to either of you about that relationship and how it's important to them? I've had people get in touch with me about the transgender issues and, the, and how much they appreciate what the show has attempted to sort of illuminate with like even 400 years from now, 500 years from now, like we're still figuring out gender assignment and what's okay and what's not. So that's been really cool to actually have like some sort of relevancy to what's Clearly, and real, you yeah. know, and right now, that's, yeah, that's the fierce urgency of right now, seen and heard as I say I am. And so, yeah, to be a yeah. part of that conversation, that's and to have it not be to have it be as complex as it as it is, you know, like yeah. Clyden and Bordis bump heads, uh, culturally, you know what I mean, within the same, like, where I saw all Mocklins are not a monolith, like, all people are, that's, people are like, not a monolithic culture. So, like, that's, and that's, right. that's really getting into the to the nitty gritty of, yep. of yep. the reality of what's something that. Is. So, no sweeping, sweeping yeah. generalizations. No, we're each very different people who, yeah. you know, and you understand why. Together. Yeah. And then you, in like, yeah. the, the three dimension, you, I and mean, you root for them. Like, neither one of them is villainized, I feel like. Mm. You know, like John Genet said, the greatest tragedy in life is that every man has his reasons, right? I don't know, <laughs> Peter. I don't know. I think some people... <laughs> Very high brow. I, I get a kick out of some people. I know it's hard to hate Clyde, but I think there's some folks that are pretty 
fed up with him at times. Yeah, but I mean, I think that you understand why. I mean, like, yeah, that's the thing. I do. Like, I do. I'm saying we can't, we can't just, like, out of fairness, we can't, we can't just, we can't take sides with the human beings and the human moral compass all the time. Who's to say that that's, that the yes. union, the no, is always right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. So, no, 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 I you know, like that if people are about who they are, what they say they're about. And there, there lies the rub, right? We'd like to all get. Are we willing to figure it out together? Yeah. Or or am I allowed my space, even if it doesn't, you know, sit comfortably with someone else? Am I allowed my space? That's the work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the work. That's the work. All right. Well, thank you so much for your answers and your time today. It was an absolute pleasure to meet all three of you. Thank you so much. And finally, executive producers Brandon Braga. John Kassar, and David A. Goodman. So the most immediate thing that fans will notice about season three, aside from the New Horizons subtitle, is how cinematic the show looks. What went into making the decision to change both the title and the aesthetic? I think uh, just from the very beginning, I think it starts with the storytelling and the guys can tell you about that. And that launched the idea that we're making a bigger, you know, the, the ideas were bigger, the shows are longer, they're closer to being TV movies than they are a television series. And so everything got an upgrade. The whole look of the show got an upgrade. We went to a more cinematic format. The lighting changed, the costumes changed, the ship got a complete redo. So it's just, we went that much further just because we could tell bigger stories. I'm curious because, I, I mean, you filmed this in unprecedented times. There was a pandemic that went on. And from the trailer and sneak peeks, we've seen good things do come to those who wait. Instead of focusing on the negative, were there any positives to filming during a pandemic? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not a single thing. I I can't think of a single thing. I mean, you know what? There's probably the one thing. The crew, which, you know, everyone always talks about crews becoming family. It was more so. Because when we first started, our lives were basically on the line together. We didn't have vaccines yet. We weren't sure what was protected and what wasn't. There was still huge question marks. And we were one of the shows, one of the first shows to come back. And so the crew had to really sort of the crew and cast became a real unit. We were trusting each other with our lives, making a television show as crazy as that is. And that was the other thing that was amazing was Seth and John and the crew said, we want this show to look like the show we would make even if we weren't in a pandemic. And that obviously required an extra amount of effort. There were, I think, some shows that were produced during the pandemic where they sort of limited the number of people in the scene or whatever they would do to try to navigate that. And from the top, from Seth saying, no, this show has to be what people expect. And so the fact that they were able to do that is amazing. When you're told that in this season, you're going to have more time with each episode and make these mini movies, as you said, How does that change your approach to writing an episode versus how you used to? Immediately, it opens up. You're paying less attention to act breaks and more attention to where the story goes naturally. And you can get into some, you know, I don't know if you saw episode one, but it deals with some very delicate thematic themes. And you don't want to rush that. You want to make sure you take the care to tell that story properly and take the time to not be flippant about it in any way. And as a result, the stories are also more cinematic emotionally. We can do bigger things like that. And I think all of the episodes kind of reflect that. And now that you're on Hulu, 
Are you going to push the envelope a little bit more? Will there be some tonal shifts or anything like that since you're not limited by network television now? I think that there was an important thing from Seth's point of view because we had that conversation. But Seth wants the audience that showed up for the Orville to get to see the show they expected and so that there won't be tonal shifts that are surprising. It'll be more getting into a little more depth, getting into a little more understanding of who these characters are and going maybe going places that we couldn't go in network, but never really affecting the tone of the show. One of the things I noticed right away on the bridge is the removal of the carpeting and how everything's a lot more sleek. What are the reasons that was done? Was that to overcome certain challenges or did it introduce some new things that weren't expected? That was a static. We hated the static off the carpet. No, (laughs) the the whole ship got got an upgrade. And and so I think the carpet is just symbolic of where we've got with this show. The fact that the carpets are gone. But yeah, the whole ship gets a redo and wait to see engineering. It's, it's unbelievable. Mm. And so, yeah, we've really gone sort of to great limits to make the show. The uniforms are, are sleeker. Isaac looks better. So everything about it is just sort of upgraded. John, if for some reason we get a season four, can we do hardwood floors on the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> and a cat. Hardwood, hardwood floors and the cat. Oh, yeah. I pray for the bridge cat. cat yeah. <laughs> Not forget the bridge cat. <laughs> well, thank you all so much. Uh, absolute pleasure chatting with you today. And thank you for your time. Great seeing you guys. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Well, I was really excited to be invited to this and thought it was kind of a once in a lifetime dream experience to get to interview the cast. So I hope that you all enjoyed listening to the questions we asked and what they had to say. Yeah, this was a super, super fun experience. I've done lots of interviews over the year, but this day and this group of interviews felt particularly special, Mm -hmm. not just because we're such big fans of the show, but also it was fun to do them with you, Katie. I know. I got to do this with Rob and I feel like we got into our flow and it was just after the fact, we were both riding so high on adrenaline, but it was the best feeling. And this is such a surreal experience. And I'm just really, I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, this was super fun. And we're hoping this isn't the last time that we'll get to talk to each of these folks. And uh, make sure you check out season three of the Orville New Horizons, which will premiere on Hulu with new episodes airing every Thursday. And after you watch those episodes, make sure you come back here to listen to our discussions that will follow. Dig deep into what's going on in each episode. Share a little trivia, some stuff about the guest stars and all the good stuff that you are used to from Quantum Drive. Let's get a season four. Let's get this renewed and let's make it happen. Yeah, more Orville. More Orville. Quantum Drive is a production of the Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on the Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus podcasts along with other perks, You can visit our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can follow Quantum Drive on Twitter at Quantum Drive Pod and me at Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Twitch at KatiePetersPlays. And Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Please rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we may read your review on an upcoming episode. Finally, questions and comments can be sent to quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. We're out of here for now, but we'll see you soon in In the the future. future.